Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support Wrestle Talk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Did Ronda Rousey just turn heel on Becky Lynch and all of SmackDown? I'm Ollie Davis, this is Luke Owen. Welcome to the TLC Review Edition of Wrestle Ramble, where we are kicking right off with what should have been the main event, and it was the main event, women. Women, the TLC match. We said on the prediction show, and pretty much in like all of our SmackDown reviews as well, it was like, this has to main event the show, because there's no other storyline going into this show that had the same amount of uh, heat or interest or anything like that. It it had to be the main event of the show. And the only match I thought that could have possibly main evented over this was the Seth versus... versus... Sure, yeah, sure, Seth, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say that was my third yeah, option, yeah, but yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Seth versus Dean. But on reflection, and given how that match went down, probably a good job we definitely main evented with this, really. I felt like that match was there to bring the crowd down. <laughs> it's it? like, what a, what, what a weird 2018. This is the perfect cap-off to a 2018 of WWE, where they do so much frustrating stuff, and then at the end of it, you're actually like, but you just did something that I really enjoyed mm. and I liked, but I just didn't expect it to turn out this way. You just made me feel weird all over WWE. Absolutely. But this was a terrific main event, a fantastic little TLC match that was full of chaos and palaver and table breaks and ladder spots and chairs and kendo sticks. I said in my review uh, that have gone up earlier today that what I liked about this TLC match is that they did a load of spots but they did just enough spots. They did the right amount of spots so that people could sell the previous spots that had happened and let the crowd get worked up into a frenzy about the previous spot before you move on to the next one. It was such a well-structured match in that regard because usually in three ways, two people fight while one person's out there selling. And then, like, their face peeks up over the apron. And is it my turn to have a spot yet? Waiting for the referee to go, like, go now. Yeah, but this one, like, they did do that. But it was done in such a dynamic, fast-paced way with no time in between where you're you're sort of bored or going, oh, okay, this person's coming back in now. They did it to just the right degree where you would forget about someone. And then, boom, Charlotte Spears asking <laughs> through the barricade. <laughs> yeah. It was really, really well done. And it started off with excellent piece of foreshadowing mm-hmm. which is Asuka, Becky Charlotte, they're all in the ring it felt big time, this felt like a you know, a proper boxing main event which is just my way of saying it felt like a, an actual real sport that people wanted to see, it was a hot program and uh, Becky and Charlotte just start mouthing off to each other, Yep, they're trash talking each other, setting up that the personal beef is between these two 
uh-oh, but watch out, here's Asuka. That personal beef has distracted them, and Asuka capitalises. So Asuka gets the, the upper hand from the get-go, but then it's not actually the Charlotte-Becky dynamic that is their downfall. It's what they have done in the recent months with Ronda Rousey that was. Exactly, yeah. So the uh, Asuka was off the ladder and it was Charlotte and Becky were up on a ladder themselves and they were reaching for the belt. A very awkward position, the belt. They were nowhere near the belt, but it's wrestling, mm. whatever. And then who should come out for the back? I thought it was going to be Nia. Earlier in the show, Becky punched Nia in the face and was just like, you know, keep, me up, keep my name out of your mouth. And I thought to myself... Nia's going to cost Becky the title later on. That was that was my I thought. And then actually, in the end, it was Ronda Rousey that came down. And Rousey had done a promo earlier in the night where she was like, hey, payback's a bitch and I'm the biggest one on the planet. And here she comes. She comes down the ring and she pushes over the ladder that Becky and Charlotte are on. And they get necked up on the top rope. Crowd boo uh, Rousey for the action. She just turns around, walks away. She's proved her point. She came mm -hmm. down here to do what she came to do. And she did it. And she walked to the back, allowing Asuka to climb the ladder and win the SmackDown Women's Championship. Yeah, so this is where the question comes in. A lot of people are saying, oh, Ronda Rousey just turned heel. No. Um, I would say, like, Charlotte, in my eyes, turned heel at Survivor Series. Apparently that wasn't even a heel turn. <laughs> and this was a lesser heel, like, it wasn't a heel turn. It was Ronda Rousey getting her revenge as a badass baby face, yes. as she should do. Exactly. She's been saying in all the roars, hey, next time we're all in one place, I'm going to get my receipt on you, Charlotte. And this is the next time they're in the same place. It's a co-branded pay-per-view. So she goes out there and interferes in the SmackDown match. But Survivor Series was the only time of year where <laughs> Raw and SmackDown... Oh, you forgot Mixed Match Challenge as well, which happened earlier in the night. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it's weird. So, yeah, so absolutely, Ronda Rousey did not turn heel. Like you say, we, we thought that Charlotte had turned heel at Survivor Series, which apparently she had. We thought Dolph Ziggler turned babyface, which apparently he hasn't. So people just do things for doing things mm. now. And this was very much Ronda was, as you say, just getting her revenge. This was her getting her receipt for what for Charlotte beating her down at Survivor Series and for Becky Lynch beating her up on Raw, which I thought the commentators did a very good job of getting over. Yeah. I guess I, I yeah so this is my this is where I think there's an argument that Ronda has gone because she's always been presented as a all-round baby face mm -hmm. but I think this does bring her more into the middle yeah because of the Becky situation and I get that Becky attacked Ronda in that raw go home angle yeah. for Survivor Series but I feel like Ronda's main beef here is with Charlotte like emotional beef emotional beef <laughs> but uh but like her professional rivalry is with becky over yeah. who's the best here and in taking out becky she cost becky her title mm -hmm. like charlotte wasn't the champion here i just feel like it well it's definitely leveled up this feud between all three women you, you come out of this and you've got four feuds that you can do here everyone's got some issue with everyone else it, it's great storytelling it really is and but i would say that I would certainly argue that this was not a heel turn in that, particularly going by the crowd reaction, a babyface won in the end because Asuka was the one to go. Like, if it had been Carmella, like SummerSlam Carmella, when she was just the dirt worst and a, a, a real reason to stop watching SmackDown Live, and she was the one who then climbed the, 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 the ladder and won the belt, and the crowd would have booed out of the building because that's an awful finish. 
then you would have been able to say, I was like, oh, man, well, that's because of Ronda. Ronda did that. But at the same time, you're like, ah, yeah, but Asuka's now champion. And I like that. And Ronda did let me, like, that. she let that happen. So, yay. You also did a good thing, I guess, even though you did make my favourite lose her belt. Yeah, it's very smartly done. And in no way was that by consequence. That was definitely the plan all along because yes. this protects Ronda. Ronda gets to be a baby face. Mm-hmm. So it gets to, like, get her revenge. While still being a total baby face. Exactly, yeah. It's very smartly booked. Like, it's frustrating because WWE know how to do stuff. When they want, when they want to do something, when they have got their mind focused, they know how to get something done, and they know how to do it right. And this, like, just all of it from the the match itself, the spots, the feud leading into it, uh, the characters, how over they are, the whole pay per view as as like a, a, a one story. I thought they told and built up to this main event angle really well with the aforementioned interviews backstage, that red herring of Nia Jax and Becky falling out there, Ronda's own match with Nia. Yeah. Just all very, very good stuff. So you've got to think now that Becky's going to be in the Rumble. Um, I'd imagine they'll do a spot with Becky and Nia in the Rumble uh, if you're going to sort of save it for that. Or do you do... I mean, what what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say Vince McMahon is coming back to Raw this evening... To, to shake, shake things up. Things up. You think he's going to cancel the brand split? No, no. No, oh. I think he'll move Becky to Raw. Oh. They can't cancel the brand split. Fox just bought SmackDown. Well, yeah, but then you can just start SmackDown, but you get all the stars then. Oh, they've already said they don't want to do that because Fox don't want to promote stars on another <laughs> network. Oh, I makes, see. I think makes total say, sense. They just don't want to present stars. <laughs> hey, hey, which yeah. is WWE's mentality. Mm. We don't want stars. Hey, we can do business. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think that Vince will bring over Becky mm. to to Raw because, you know, Becky's now set up a feud with Ronda, with Nia. I think SmackDown's women's division is going to get gutted if I, this happens. Which is interesting as well because, like, they're going to Fox, which is going to be, like, that's the, the brand that... SmackDown is going to be the brand they need to pull the, the viewers onto. That's the one where they need a minimum of 3 million viewers per episode for Fox to consider this a success. At the moment, they're barely pulling in two. Like, they're often pulling in under two. So surely you want to have, like, the hottest person you've got in the company on that brand, right? They don't move till October. People have short memories. SummerSlam. <clears throat> the night after SummerSlam. That's when you start building to that. I, I guess so. Uh, but the... I, I think... There's just so many ways they can go with this. Becky's over, Charlotte's over, and Asuka is is the champion. I know. At, finally, it feels like yes. At, like after a after an swore then after an dog s twenty eighteen that Asuka has had, this does feel like a really good way to sort of round things off. You know, in even next year, even like I think as soon as we hit twenty nineteen, Michael Cole or whoever is commentating on Asuka's brand, is going to keep saying, what a 2018 Asuka had. She won the Rumble. She won the Rumble. She was a, she was one of the main events of WrestleMania. She closed the year And she won the champion. SmackDown. Yep, and you just ignore all the stuff. You ignore the fact that she got beat by the Iconics twice, and you can just move past that. It doesn't. It doesn't matter it doesn't because matter, you mate. can like they can spin it that, but that's going to be infuriating. <laughs> uh, but this match, let's just go through some of the spots Absolutely. because uh, they, they re- it was such a 
It was such a good match. It was a great, great match. <laughs> really, really good stuff. And this was a good pay-per-view overall. Like, yeah. Good to very good. In fact, I would only say there was a, a handful of duds on the show. One of which, like, couldn't be helped because it's the, the fabulous truth versus Mahalisha. So, like, you can't get anything great out of that, really. And one surprising dud. But the rest of it, I thought, was really, really terrific. Mm. Uh, so, my, my first note is this Asuka powerbomb on Char- like on Charlotte, so Charlotte's on the ladder, Asuka power bombs her into the corner where a table's set up. Oh. And usually you kind of want to go through the middle of that table, don't you? Yeah. Not Charlotte. Mm-hmm. She goes through right at the bottom, like the bottom eighth of the table, where the legs are, yeah. with her head. Yeah. It was so, a, oh. It was, a, it was an ugly little bump. And I've, that happened a couple of times during this. Like they did a spear through the barricades, which usually if you're Braun Strowman and you weigh 700 pounds, you're just going to, like charge through that whole thing. When you're Asker and Charlotte and you weigh buck fifty, you you just hit it and you go, and you just yeah. it's slightly Ugh. bent, and they just sort of suddenly like, oh, oh, that, that was really like stupid. It. Yeah, yeah, it was really, it, and there was a they, they did it with the table as well. Like they set up the announcers table, and you had Charlotte and Asker on the announcers table, and Becky does the spot that she did at Evolution where she does the big leg drop off the ladder. Asker rolls off, so Becky just lands all of her weight onto Charlotte. But again, because they're not massively heavy, the table doesn't break at first. It's just all of that impact lands. She bounces up a little bit again, and that's when the table breaks. Poor old Charlotte, man. What a night she had. Yeah, and it was all on Charlotte's stomach where Becky landed. Like, (laughs) I, I, you know, out of these three... I think if Charlotte won, we wouldn't begrudge it, but we would have been like, oh, okay, Charlotte again. But she has been terrific the last few months. And this, like, this is just a demonstration. You know, I'm going to quote Beth Phoenix here. What a warrior. (laughs) She, she, like, a referee ran over right away when she took that initial bump in the corner where her head hit the back of the, the table. And she was like, I thought, oh, she might be out of it for the next five minutes. Nope, straight in. Straight back up And there. same with this, uh, the Lynch leg drop off the top rope. Like, she was back in right away. And, and she's, like, doing moonsaults off the top oh. to the outside. And there was a moment when uh, Becky gave her the Bexploder, like, into a table against the barricades. That's, again, it's like, you know, it's a double whammy there. Mm. But the next thing, she's right back up to hit that spear right into Asuka. I'm like, man alive. And then, yeah, it broke down. Rolling in- senton off the top rope. That was an ugly-looking senton, though. She just roly poly oh, It really was she barely got over was like oh I'm going like I, I was it, fine with it it was a topple forward as opposed to yeah. a move um but it was yeah like like the carnage on the outside Nasca sort of went through the barricade and then it broke down into Charlotte Flair Becky Lynch the feud that we've been obsessed with all over this summer period into the winter now just face to face once again and they just go at it with this absolute brawl and it felt like these are two competitive people that want to be the best and they want to win they want to prove that they are the best and holy hell did it come out and you compare that and I keep feeling like I'm going to keep bringing it up because we'll get to it eventually the Seth versus Dean match is meant to be this blood feud and they just lock up and they Lock in a headlock, mm. and you're like, this doesn't feel like a war at all. This felt like a war. Yeah, well, an absolutely terrific main event. Ronda Rousey's got involved. There are so many different directions they can take this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. But just to get this out of the way first, we have Wrestle League, of course. Mm -hmm. It's the third round of predictions with NXT TakeOver War Games, then we had Survivor Series, now TLC. And despite being way behind, Luke has now come within one point of me. So you're at 16, I'm at 17. You say I was way behind, I was two points behind. Way behind. <laughs> so I've got 17 overall match predictions right yeah. out of these three pay-per-views we've done. 16. And Laurie with 19. Yeah, because Laurie got the bonus points, which I think is a is a point of contention, I would say. No, no, but we, I, we I would, all signed off on this. Well, no, you said we all signed off. You said that's the case, and I was like, I don't believe that, and I don't buy into that, but you just overruled and said that's the case. An announcer's table is a table. But we It's also, called an announcer's table. It's a commentary desk. <laughs> we sat here. All What's another word for desk? sat here, and then we talked about it later in the room with Andy WrestleTike Andy Datsun. And we, he was like, um, commentary desks don't count, do they? And I went, no, they don't count. Remember this, Luke, that I said this and to I you. Said, and I said, apparently they don't. As With a big Alan Partridge-like shrug of being like, apparently they don't. Well, you could have modified your predictions by knocking one off then if you thought announcers' tables were going to be used. No, I thought, oh, well, five, okay, so I chose four. Five tables were used. One commentary desk was used. I think it's so. Yeah. I, Luke I picked it. six. Laurie had five. Laurie got that point. He did. But that's miss. where the Wrestle League standings are. Of course, we've got TNA Home Impact Wrestling Homecoming, <laughs> yep. New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom, Take Royal Rumble, and Takeover. Black, we've got Takeover Blackpool and Takeover <laughs> Phoenix. Yeah. So I I don't know if we'll do predictions for NXT Takeover Blackpool. Really? I don't know. I just don't feel like it's that important. <laughs> 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 Maybe we do. Let's see what people think. Um, 
But yeah, so that's where we're standing after this. If anyone wants show. to know why we don't talk about NXT UK on this show, that's because the boss man has decided this. It's good. It's because we don't. We haven't got time to watch it. <laughs> uh, so we kicked off the. We did it. Was it the pre-show opened? Pre, no, the pre-show opened with Cedric Alexander versus Buddy Murphy oh, I'm in the for wrong the uh, the cruiserweight yeah. championship. So after a good few months of the cruiserweight championship being part of the main show, and every time we review a show, being like, ah, oh, the cruiserweights had a really fun ten-minute match, and it was a really good little palate cleanser, lots of fun. Yep, back to where you bloody belong, cruiserweights, on the kickoff show when no one watches you. Um, I must say though. Um, I thought they did a really good job of getting a, a hot crowd anyway really into it. So it, it is a shame that it's on the pre-show, but I think this is a very well-suited opening match for a card. I, uh, yes, so, I, I agree. I would just say on the main card. But again, more eyes watch the uh, kickoff show than they do the main, the main card. So really, as it's always been argued, you're better off being on the, the kickoff show no anyway. No one believes that. <laughs> That's just a thing pre-show people say. Well, yeah, it's the thing that WWE tell you, yeah. I suppose. But saying again, though, the numbers are there to prove it because it's on Facebook and w- and YouTube and all that sort of stuff, which have like legit figures, which really the WWE Network yeah. doesn't. The, the num- yeah, the numbers are there, but I don't think any wrestler is going, oh, God, I'm, I'm glad. so glad so I'm, on, glad the I'm on the pre-show this month. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I suppose the difference is like more people watch you, but are those people watching caring? Yeah. Because I would say as well that the crowd, while they were mildly into this, I'd say they were they were very into it. I, I don't know. I never felt like they were they were truly into it. Um, but that might be because I so I watched this last. Uh, so I watched the main mm. card first, and then went back to watch the kickoff show. So actually, I thought I had a terrific um, predictions round until I watched this, and then lost some points. Um, but it, yeah, so I went back and watched this afterwards. So by that point, I'd watched like four hours of wrestling, and I was kind of done. Um, but it was a, it was a very very solid cruiserweight match yeah as good as this pay-per-view was and we won't belabor the points because it will just get boring four and a half hours really if you just if you cut out what wasn't wrestling on the pre-show it's four and a half hours like it's it's too long it was too long and this was a really fun show imagine how much like how much more entertaining it would be if it was three hours yeah if you cut an hour off of that and like it's it got to a point where i was like god I'm, i'm actually really enjoying the show and then i checked the counter like the clock I was two hours into the show, and I was was like, I've got two hours left of this. And I went out to make another cup of tea. And my wife was like, how's the show? I was like, I'm really enjoying it, but I've got two hours left. Mm. And she looked at me bewildered, as if, like, why would anyone sit down and watch another two hours of wrestling? You've been up since half four. Yeah. Why are you watching another two hours of this? She knows it's your job, right? (laughs) Yes, but even so, like, why would you want this job? Uh, So the, the Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander, I thought, had a perfectly... Fine cruiserweight match. Absolutely. Now, perfectly fine cruiserweight match is, I would say, two steps up from a normal perfectly fine WWE match. It's more knee slapping. Yeah, so it was really good. Some great knee slaps. Oh, it's all about the knee slaps. Yeah, knee slaps knee and slaps. a cheeky Nando, so you know it's a cruiserweight match. Yeah, uh, there was there was this really stiff jumping drop kick through the ropes from Cedric Alexander to Buddy Murphy. Yeah, he flew. Yeah, that was Absolutely. like... And not in like a aesthetically pleasing way. No. It was like, oh, you just... No, you just kicked him in the gut. Yeah, and you could tell that this is a cruiserweight opening match because they did a Death Valley driver on the apron to set up a near fall. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, then hits the fin- his finisher <laughs> finish. and then the foot on the ropes. That was yeah. a great near fall. Great though. near fall, yeah. Um, but overall, Buddy, a little bit nefarious. There was a hooking of the tights in there somewhere and he did the spot where he pulled Cedric into the turnbuckle mm-hmm. uh, and then Murphy's Law for the win. So Cedric, uh, sorry, Buddy retains. 
Yeah, perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. Um, next we got a rule change. Yeah, this confused me. Confounded me, really, because this was advertised as a ladder match with a guitar hanging above the ring, Bobby Lashley versus Elias. And the rules were the first person to go up and grab the guitar can use it as a weapon in the match. And all of the promotion between Elias and Bobby Lashley was talking about how there's going to be a pinfall. And so I'm like, cool. So I'm watching this match. And all of a sudden, Elias goes up and he grabs the guitar. And they were like, ding, ding, ding. And he wins. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And then to cap it all off, Bobby then uses the weapon and lays him out. So no one got over. This was a waste of time. Yeah. This was, it was crap. I, I wouldn't say it was crap because I quite enjoyed the match. And I enjoyed Elias winning. <laughs> but yeah, the post-match angle does undermine a lot of the stuff you did there. And Bobby's... Bobby pointing at his butt <laughs> is... I find it funny from just a, a, a how awful it is thing. But really, it is... It, it, this shouldn't be happening. No, this is not... Like, if I step away from me just being trolling funny... I just, no, this, this, is, this is wrong. This is bad. <laughs> um, I thought these two absolutely punished each other to get over sort of like the dangers of ladders and things yeah. like that. So, I mean, they really, really went hell for leather on this as if it was like a main, uh, main show match. So, I, I absolutely credit to them. Um, I'm, I mean, I was, I was never into the feud. No. Um, I'm really not into Bobby Lashley at the moment. I'm, st- I'm not massively into Elias at the moment, really. I, I, I like him as a babyface, but it, we, as we've said, like it's great when he's cutting promos, but then the bell has to ring. I'm turning a corner on Elias. I think he is, it, he is slowly working on being a babyface in ring wrestler, not just a promo, of which he's very good. Uh, but yeah, like the, the spots, Elias power bombed Bobby off onto a ladder. In in the corner, yeah. off another ladder. Yeah. So that's like, yeah, that's a main event spot. So they certainly went for it. Certainly did. But uh, yeah, the the rule change at the end was baffling, and no one got over. Yeah, so like Leo Rush and Bobby both beat up Elias, and yeah, maybe this feud will continue. Oh, definitely. I've got to ask as well. I mean, we'll get to it, but where were they during the Baron Corbin match? His best mates. Exactly. Yeah. Bobby and Drew. <laughs> Yeah, well, they probably saw the amount of baby faces hot-shotted in there <laughs> and thought, oh, no, I'll stay backstage. Yeah. The main show kicked off with the Mixed Match Challenge final between Alicia Fox and Jinder Mahal as Mahalisha and R-Truth and Carmella as the Fabulous Truth. Yep, uh, R-Truth and Carmella did a rap that was less good than The Bar doing Eyes Eyes Baby. Fewer good. Fewer Sorry, good. fewer good than, uh, yeah, The Bar. So was when did Vic Joseph get on commentary? I was guess, he on commentary for cru- the cruiserweight match as well? Yes, because he does two hundred five yeah, live yeah. commentary. It was him and uh, uh, Nigel McGuinness and Percy Watson doing the two hundred five live match. What that just <laughs> went over like the? I don't know what happened here. I was like he, Vic Joseph. I used to really enjoy. He sounded like a Michael Cole clone here, which is probably like backstage. They're going. He's ready now. Yeah. He can commentate on a main show. So I, I guess that he's been doing Mixed Match Challenge commentary. I guess it's been the three of them. Mm. I don't know. Um, but it's... Pfft, I mean, this was more dance break than it was match. Uh, and then there's some comedy stuff with Alicia's hats. Fabulous Truth won. Yeah. The dance break was interrupted by the Sing Bros doing their own dance break. And yeah, I like our truth. I mean, this was—I never had high expectations. No, for absolutely this match. not. That's what I said earlier. Like you, you couldn't—you couldn't have thought, man, this is going to steal the show. Oh, three mm. minutes. Yeah, and it strolled through those low expectations to be a net nothing. You know, net zero. So not absolutely. offended. What this match was 
was a, a contractually obligated match. They had to do it because they signed a deal with Facebook to do it. Yes. So this match had to take place. It didn't really matter who was in it. It just had to be there. And then they added in this bizarre stipulation that it's the number 30 of the Rumble, which I, I think now really was set up because there's going to be like a debut or a surprise at the number 30 spots in the men's Royal Rumble. Because I would have thought the joke they're going to do is that R-Truth is going to try and enter into the women's Royal Rumble in the number 30 spots. Brilliant. And that will be the payoff to it. Um, the Because it's a joke, you see. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, far more important than the number 30. <laughs> it's hijinks. Is the promo that came afterwards because they also get an all-expenses-paid holiday anywhere in the world. And R-Truth is building up where they're going to go. Come on, it's like, is it Rome? Is it generic other high interest destinations <laughs> he went think somewhere like tropical really fancy and she went paris <laughs> you idiot uh, and r-truth reveals that it's wwe headquarters in stanford connecticut carmella's like perfectly selling how annoyed she is but she's also like what well, of course it is what it's r-truth's an imbecile exactly and then she's up on the it's like almost shaking her head being like of course that was going to happen. Yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> so I'm expecting some hilarious uh, comedy skits filmed in the office. See, like, see, net zero for the match, but this has a lot of promise, mm. which I'm excited about. Can you imagine if the number 30 entry at the Royal Rumble is Lars Sullivan and we get another month and a half of video packages leading up to that where he's lurking, lurking, lurking. for number 30. He's lurking. <laughs> you no, never Sullivan met a freak like me. Uh, I, yeah, it was it was what it was. Uh, we then got uh, the uh, New Day versus the Bar versus the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, which is when we found out that Byron Sexton wasn't going to be on commentary all night either, and David Otunga was as well. I said this in the review. I thought we'd mention it here because I don't think he said a single thing all night. No. And yet, he was better than Renee Young. Oh, <laughs> she had an <laughs> she, awful night. There were points with Renee Young commentary where I was longing for a Beth Phoenix. Yeah. She she will get on to the Dean Rollins match, but because WWE have decided she's part of that story, <laughs> whether we or she likes it, she like, she ruined what was already yeah. a match oh, was man. boring itself. But here we got the Sheamus and Cesaro Usa's New Day match in, you know, any combination of these guys is fantastic. Yes. For, for these guys, I would say this is an average match. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty um, much. But they, they weren't given, they weren't there to have a scene-stealing show. Otherwise, they would have given them a ladder stipulation or a TLC stipulation. Or they'd have put them on the kickoff show. But uh, they were there. They got their seven or whatever it was minutes. They did their spots and the bar won. Yeah. Which I, I was surprised by. I thought the titles were going to change hands. Oh, I always here. thought it was going to be the bar attention. You, you uh, cr correctly predicted that. I thought Cesaro was the MVP here. Yes. Lovely uppercuts. Did a this incredible suplex on Kofi where it wasn't just a deadlift, you know, where he just forces him up with his own brute mm. strength. Kofi was already halfway there and he held him there and then he did the rest of the lift. Just, yeah. and, but, and when he's up there being suspended, one of the Usos jumps off the top, hits a crossbody on Kofi. I thought it was, that was a great spot. Absolutely. But uh, and as I said this in the review, I am ready for these three teams to not wrestle each other for a while. 
Hmm. We've seen these, like, I mean, it's since Survivor Series, actually, it felt like in the lead up to Survivor Series, we were just seeing the Bar versus one of these two teams or the Usos versus the New Day. I feel like that's all I've watched for 2018, but apart from when yeah. the Blood, uh, Bludgeon Brothers were champions. But even when the Bludgeon Brothers were champions, it was still New Day and the Usos challenging for the belts. Yeah, and the Bludgeon Brothers just having squash matches yeah. or looking at Naomi. So, oh God, yeah, remember that drop storyline? Um, so I'm just sort of ready for, for something different. I I don't mind because these they're so good together and I feel like I'm I've got this this itch that hasn't been scratched yet. <laughs> well, you is, want the ladder match? No, it's, or just like just like a Wally Davis's campaign. Give these lads a ladder match. A la- lads a ladder match. I just want a big blow off match because I feel like we've never we had, had that at Hell in a Cell between two of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just feel like we need a blow off match between all three or like you know. TLC match at the Rumble, second TLC match at Mania. Yep. I, I mean, that that's to my point there. I was like, we had a blow off to the Usos in the New Day at Hell in a Cell last year. And here we are a year and a bit later and they're still bloody feuding. I hate great wrestling. Well, no, I don't. I, I'm not having a pop at great wrestling. And it's it's. I'm just saying that it's. I'm ready for something different. That's fair. Or maybe the, the shake up. If there is a shake-up tonight. Oh, the shake-up will just be that Alexa Bliss is the new Raw General Manager. Mm. That'll be the big announcement. Then we got, speaking of the shake-up, because this is probably what will instigate Vince's big rant, I presume, to open Raw, is Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin in this TLC match. Heath Slater's down there as a referee. Just, you know, the most engaging storyline, I think, from the last two weeks. He really performed his role well. You said they only did it for one week, though. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Seven days. <laughs> Seven and, days. And Baron walks out and he looks really confident. And he, I thought he got a lot of heat for his promo where he's just saying, like, I'm going to win because Braun Strowman's injured. He's not going to turn up. Mm-hmm. Yada, yada, yada. Good crowd all night, I would yeah. say. And, Apart uh, from one match. Kurt Corbin gets Heath Slater to start doing the count out loss. But it's a no DQ how, how does that well, work? Well, yeah. I guess if he can't show up, you can. Exactly. You're forfeit. just you're just counting them out. Yeah, absolutely. But Braun does come down at seven. His music hits, and he's wearing a sling. And he doesn't point out the count out thing. He instead says, "Well, it's no DQ, so I don't have to wrestle you." I thought this was an ingenious touch. I thought it was really, really smart. Yeah. This was a really good babyface comeuppance to the heel GM. This does not. But I've seen a few people go. It was great booking, though, wasn't it? <clears throat> because you made Raw so bad and insufferable to watch under Baron Corbin that this was a great payoff. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. No, you don't justify crap stories. It wasn't like working over heat. It was just bad. Yeah. So that doesn't justify it, but this is a very good payoff to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Like Vince McMahon getting his comeuppance at the hands of Stone Cold Steve Austin did not come off the back of terrible episodes no. of Raw. Like, it was, it was great television and then a great payoff. Yeah. I was worried here, speaking of Vince, that this might have been a Vince Brett thing. Because what happens is Braun's like, well, I don't have to wrestle. And then Apollo Crews is shown at ringside with a chair. Why? And I was like, is, but is, surely there's someone else. <laughs> it's not going to be Apollo getting that push he gets every, every night. <laughs> and then uh, then Gable and Rude are shown there. You and know so how like, Bala. we have like uh, monthly reminders on our to-do list. Mm. Do you think that's what they get in the writer's oh, room? It's like, oh, it's, oh, it's time for Apollo Crews to get a push this month. We haven't done anything for Crews. Should we just do it next month? Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, do, we'll, do, we'll yeah. do two next month. <laughs> and uh, then Heath takes off his referee top. He's going to go against uh, Baron as well, which which was a shame. But I bet you he, he had to do that, really. But 
Well, yeah, that was a great storyline that only lasted a week. Well, that's it. I think they should have done this earlier, really, with the the, the Heath thing. The, the Chad Gable and Bobby Roode, like, why were they out there? Why were they mad? They got multiple championship opportunities, yeah. and they won the belts. So why I, are they mad? Yeah, I I agree, but I guess AOP were always in cahoots with Baron. They did actually have backstage segments to get that but, over. But they won. I know, I know. But I they there were handicap matches booked against them. The revival should have been out there. I was going to say, not <laughs> quite. But like Bobby Roode and Chad Gable won because it was a handicap match because yeah. they got to pin Drake Maverick. Yeah, I I get you, yeah. but I also. I can see us being... It, it could be a draw in if we had to fight that corner. Pretty much. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. But, but they all start wailing on Baron with chairs. Not to a horrible Bret Hart degree, but like just the right amount. And Baron goes to walk away. But whose music should hit? Kurt Angle's. Kurt Angle comes down and he waffles Baron with a chair. They all get in the ring. They all beat him up seven on one. Advantage baby faces. And they... I don't mind. I think it's a good thing. And they beat uh, Baron Corbin... And Braun puts his foot on the uh, the on Baron's chest. Heath puts his referee shirt back on and counts the pinfall. It's the end of Baron Corbin. Thank the maker. I thought this was great. Yeah, I loved this. When did it When did it say that you could win by pinfall? Was that on that, Raw? Uh, well, no. That's just it's, TLC matches have been won by pinfall before. Okay. The, the Shield's debut match at TLC a few of years course, back was yeah, pinfall. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bray Wyatt beat Dean Ambrose via pinfall. And in fact, the TLC match last year where Kurt Angle played Shield Dad, that was by pinfall as well. Shield Dad. If, if he loves you, the TLC, doesn't he? If titles aren't on the line, mm. I guess you can... Because there's nothing to hang above the ring, so you have to win by pinfall, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't think you should do that finish and the guitar finish on the same show. I just it, question, it makes me question what rules are. Well, I'd imagined that when they thought that this was going to be Baron versus Braun when Braun was fine, they probably were going to have things hanging above the ring like a contract for the Royal Rumble or a contract for Baron Corbin's GM role hanging above the ring. Then you just change it. Uh, Plans change. uh, Well, speaking of plans changing, I've read that Angle was meant to return tonight on Raw. Yes. But they brought this forward to do this angle. Yeah, PW Insider reporting he was going to be at Raw uh, tonight. But I, 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 that was, it wasn't a wrestling match. It nope. was a wrestling angle, but I thought it was a very good wrestling angle. Braun was super over. Everyone was chanting, get these hands. Nice to see him back. Tick. Thumbs up from this. Uh, then we got the tables match, Natalia versus Ruby Riot. This got a lot of time. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as well. I actually genuinely really enjoyed yeah. it. It just got so much more time than I would have ever expected. Mm. So the Riot Squad come down with that Jim the Anvil Neidhart table. Uh, They're they're dastardly heels, aren't they? Mustard on it. And, uh, yeah, Liv Morgan's interfering from the start, but she's quickly eliminated by Natalia. What a bump she took! Yeah, Liv Morgan's Holy (laughs) heckins! Holy heckins! Liv Liv might be most improved of the year, just because (laughs) she was so bad when she started the year, and now she's she's quite entertaining to watch. Yeah. Uh, But the... She, she put Logan through a table with a body slam and things like that and then Ruby sort of takes over and says like oh Jim's going to be ashamed or Jim is ashamed of you and she brings the, the gym table into the ring uh, and then essentially Natty then rolls out the ring and she pulls out a table of her own that's got a Ruby Riot picture and I thought this was very goofy but I, I did enjoy it but it was, it was goofy stuff but enjoyably goofy my favourite thing about this though this Ruby Riot table is that Michael Cole on commentary goes like Oh, I cannot wait until Ruby Riot sees that table. I can't wait to see what her reaction is going to be. And Ruby never reacted to mm. it. If anything, she looked at it and was like, huh. 
cool table. My tape, my picture's on the table. That's a great looking table. Yeah. It's like a commemorative TLC <laughs> chair. Yeah. Just all me. Uh, yeah, I, like it was a. If you don't think about it, it's cool, isn't it? But when you start to think about it, you think, well, why would it matter? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I did enjoy it. Natty, they got over the the emotional blood feud side of this. Which a blood feud? Do you want to, do you well, want to use those in words? Their, in their minds, it's a blood feud, yeah. and like all the elements are there for it to be a blood feud, but it just hasn't connected. No, absolutely but they, not. they, you know, sometimes when you fake it enough, it. it actually hey, sometimes man. works they worked hard enough in this match to make it feel like it was important and Natty put on like, the gym mm. jacket and she put the sunglasses on at the end and eventually she put her through at the table with a power bomb I, it just got more time than I, I thought it would have done she beat all three members of the Riot Squad in one match Natalia went over very very strong in this not sure you could take Riot Squad seriously after this and I know you were saying because you predicted Ruby yeah. would win because you're looking to set up for future contenders for, for Ronda, but clearly that's not their plan. Yeah, well, Ronda's managed to make like <laughs> at least two big feuds after this pay-per-view. However, Natty winning here, I was like, oh, well, I guess, you know, this is all about a recently passed father. Of course she was going to win. I'm an idiot. Yeah. But then later on in the night, when Ronda has that little backstage promo segment, before the interviewer gets hold of her, she's talking to Natalia. And I was like... Here's that friendship that they quietly dropped that was always meant to build to Natalia turning on Ronda. So maybe actually what they're doing is rebuilding up Natalia if they need too. an interim feud between the Rumble and WrestleMania. That's what I'm thinking yeah. as well. Yeah, make Nandy look strong for this. Because, yeah, there's rumour was that she was meant to turn heel uh, on Ronda during this year. But then when Jim the Anvil Neidhart passed away, they thought that'll be in poor taste. So instead, we'll just put a picture of him on a table and... Uh, yeah, that, <laughs> that that's well in taste. Um, after that, we got lurking last. <laughs> He's always He's lurking. lurking. He's lurking. Always lurking. And God, then we we're got... gonna get this video package <laughs> for so long. I mean, maybe, and we. I shouldn't say these things when I will be probably proved false within hours of this video going live. But maybe Vince brings out Lars. Maybe because endorses Lars and a Drew McIntyre, you are the chosen one way. Because we know that there are really feverish negotiations between Stephanie and Shane between who's going to get Lars oh, yeah. on their brands. Like contract <laughs> negotiations that are so intense they just cannot be put on TV. <laughs> uh, Why? Well, it's legal reasons. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do they do contract signings in the middle of rings then? Those are, you know, grossly illegal. Yeah, and that, all those contracts that have been signed over the years, just not legally yeah. binding. Uh, next up, we got Finn Balor taking on Drew McIntyre. This was another surprising yeah, one. Yeah, was it? Like it was a good back and forth match that had a story. Uh, like, and it was stiff. Yeah, oh god, Finn's it was. Chest Jesus. was so red within, I would say, twenty seconds of this match. Yeah, because Drew just runs in three huge chops. Gets him over the other side. Another few chops. Mm -hmm. uh, Drew mostly dominates Finn in in a good way. Yes. You know, like in a in a interesting way, not in a headlock boring way. And uh, Finn like starts to work back, and he hits his dives over the top rope. Um, comes back, cut off. Comes back, cut off. I thought it had a really good yeah. pace to it. I thought it was. It was Drew using his strength and the smaller guy trying to use his speed mm. to, to get in and, and, and stick and move and things like that. Um, slightly off topic. But um, Fakador was getting images for his news episode today, and he Googled uh, Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin, and he found the exact same image of Baron Corbin putting a neck crank on Finn Balor, like the exact same image from four different shows. Oh. <laughs> <It> was... <laughs> 
it it yeah. was astounding. Control C, <laughs> Control V. Um, but yeah, Drew's trash talking Finn here. I love Drew. Drew just carries himself so like good. a star. Yeah, and he he hits the second rope Finley driver aero air raid crash, which is like. That's just been added into his arsenal the last couple of weeks, hasn't it? Yeah, I would say so, yeah. It's this, such a brutal-looking move. And this really did feel like a good showcase for, for Drew McIntyre. Like mm. like, it felt like this whole match was designed so that he would go over and look really strong in doing so. And then... Yeah, so this is... yeah. The, as much as I like this match, I completely disagree with the finish. So, me too. Uh, Drew is outside with Finn. That's this great-looking headbutt. Oh, I so good. And Finn is just, like, knocked down. He's doing a two-sweet pose. Yeah, and Drew puts Finn back in because he's, you know, an actual badass heel. He's going to pin him in the ring. And Drew gets to starts to go back in. Referee's back's turned. Dolph runs in, super kick, and attacks Dolph. Dolph goes to get the chair but Drew reverses that beats Dolph up a bit throws him in the ring to take him out but Finn gets the better of both of them coup de grace for the win yeah so Drew Drew lost his and you you looked into this his first pay-per-view match it's his first pay-per-view singles, singles match, match of 2018 mm. um, yes it was the first since he's returned uh, to the main roster and yet yeah, it's a loss and mm. it's it's his second loss all year and it just it, they did this with Roman as well when Roman was part of the shield the whole point of the shield was to protect Roman so even when the shield lost you just pin one of the other ones keep Roman looking strong the second they I made him a single star they just beat him and he was like well what was the point of doing all of that build up mm. then and all this year they've been protecting Drew Dolph's been the one that's taken the pinfalls not Drew and then within a fortnight, he's been beaten twice on T, like on TV and now on pay per view. Yeah, it's such a bizarre thing to do. I, I can, like, I wouldn't have done it, but I can see the reasoning behind the raw loss with Dolph and all the baby faces finally getting the win. But in that case, Drew Drew got his win back the very next week. Then keep him strong. Start building that pay per view undefeated thing. If you if he's meant to be your big monster push heel for Raw next year. Why wouldn't you treat him that way? And the way the post-match went down. So Finn wins, and then Finn's getting a, an interview backstage a bit later on mm -hmm. after the next match. Dolph comes over and says how lucky Finn was because Dolph was there. And then Dolph does this horrible like slap on Finn and throws Finn over the technical area. Yeah, so all this, this match was to set up Dolph v. Drew. Uh, sorry, Dolph v. Finn on Raw tonight. Yeah, so... That there are there are so many ways you could have done this. Have everyone in the same bit, but not have Drew lose. Yeah. Like if if Dolph ran in to screw Drew, but ended up accidentally screwing Finn, that's a much better way to set up Balor versus Ziggler. You keep Drew undefeated on pay per view. Very very weird. Yeah. Very weird. And we said in the predictions as well that like Finn beating Drew really doesn't do a lot for him because they they clearly have no plans for Finn, so there's mm. no need for him to beat Drew. And then sort of proven right here because he just got beaten up by Dolph Ziggler later on. So what's the point? Yeah. Strange. After that, we got the chairs match between Rey Mysterio and Randy Orton, which was also pretty decent. It was absolutely fine. Yeah. Absolutely fine. I thought um, Ray doing the penguin slides with the chair was a inspired, inspired spot. I thought that was mm. absolutely brilliant. Uh, and then Randy just sort of methodically beat up Ray for a little while. He was slow. He was very methodical, very Randy Orton. That's his character, though. I, I, yeah. I like the way... Like, there are some bits when Randy's sitting down on one knee and you can... 
he very subtly just looks around the ring and like, these are the voices in my head. I'm going to hit you with all these things. <laughs> I, I really like that side of Randy's character. So I don't get as bored as some people do. Me. <laughs> when you're watching his matches. I, I, I'm, yeah, I, I, I said this in the review. If, if I've got a Randy Orton and a Rey Mysterio on my card and my roster, I'm not putting them in a feud together. Yeah. Because it's it's not 2006 anymore. I'm, I'd want to use them to put over younger talent. And I, 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 I hate to be repeating myself in review, but you kind of have to when you do a review and then do the Wrestle Ramble, I suppose. But, um, like, Randy Orton, like, this was a match that was 12 years old, this mm. match. You know, 2006, you could go back to, like, No Way Out 2006. And when WCW used to do this thing, when they used to put the older guys on top or like in featured feuds, WWE always used to make fun of them, being like, look at this, it's the land of all the old codgers. You don't want to go watch that show because it's rubbish. They can't even bring, they can't build new talent because they just got all the same guys. And it was like, it was always the same guys on top, same guys always feuding with each other. And it was boring. And yet here they are just doing the exact same thing. TNA were criticized for it when they just took over all the WWE cast offs and made them all champions. Then when Russo got the book and it was all like those old WCW and those old WWE guys just hogging the limelight or, you know, being in these featured feuds, they were criticized for it. So I think that WWE should be criticized for it as well. Yeah. And the, the, if Randy did embrace that sort of really interesting heel character he was teasing over the summer where he was killing legends again yeah I th- that would that would have been so much for it. So, that would have been so much more interesting but he's not doing that but anymore. now he's just he's just like generic Randy mass, Orton. Uh, sadist yeah, yeah being that people and um, then we got the the finn interview backstage with the dolph angle oh ray then, one sorry oh yeah ray ray one with it he reversed a they had some chairs set up like a waiting room <laughs> yeah and randy Orton was going to do something he's going to rko him. and yeah it was just a roll-up not the most definitive finish, which no, so makes the, me worried. This feud must continue. It's going to continue. Yeah. Uh, but then we got, oh. like, just this absolutely, inc- like, I, 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 was, I was stunned. Yeah. This Ronda was Rousey, such a good match. Ronda Rousey versus Nia Jax. This ruled. This was so good. Uh, this is easily Nia's best match since the last time she had a match with Ronda Rousey. I think it's much better than that match. Well, yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. And and prior to that, I, I would always argue for the, the Bailey match to take over London. Mm. And I thought this was absolutely awesome. And I much more, I much preferred this match because this one had a definitive clean finish to it. I thought this, I thought this ruled. Yeah. And Ronda's great. When we were talking about Drew and Finn, how they were doing speed against strength. Nowhere near as good as these oh, two yeah, absolutely, did. Yeah. That the right from the start, uh, again, it's like making wrestling feel more real. Where Ronda is pacing around the ring using her speed. Nia's in the middle. She's got the control of the space, but Ronda's you know ducking and weaving. And Jax just throws her back at one point, but then Ronda, really quick, showing how quick she can be, almost locks in that armbar. But Nia puts that into a sit-down powerbomb. Yep. And it just it just felt so big time. It really did. Yeah. And Ronda Rousey hit a picture-perfect crossbody to the floor. Yeah. Really, and credit to Nia, she caught her perfectly. It was like it couldn't have been done any better. Mm. It was really, really good. I was really surprised by that spot. I don't. I, I wouldn't like. That's not something Ronda needs to do. But I'm glad she did it. Yeah. It really. I. Th- I feel like that spot made her. I mean, of course she's. We know that she's a really big wrestling fan and she she, she loves the sport. But th- like seeing her do that made me feel like she really loves it. Yeah, like absolutely. it's another level of love. And that made me like her even more. Absolutely. Uh, Renee had one of my, perhaps my favorite Renee moment of commentary mm. where she really struggled to say, it's not the size of the dog. You know, that, that <laughs> pre- she came out like, it's not the size of the dog in the d- dog sized fight site. And then Michael Cole just goes, Ronda goes for a cover, just cuts her off completely. Michael Cole cut her off a lot. <laughs> 
just because she was making no sense sometimes. Oh dearie me! And I don't blame Renee. I, it's the it's the direction that she's given because uh, she's yeah, she's yeah. an incredibly charismatic person. We've we've seen this time and time again, but she has been quite bad in this role, and I, I don't think it's her fault. But one of the most spectacular things about this match was. I feel like sometimes the flaw with Ronda Rousey, how she's presented, is that she's Superman a bit. She doesn't really have that weakness that you can latch into. I know that's a controversial statement, but most people believe Superman can be boring uh, because he doesn't have a weakness. But from the get-go here, I thought Ronda... I felt like Ronda was the underdog. Yeah, yeah, yeah really. Did. I thought they did a really good job of setting this match up, despite the fact that I think going into this, we all knew that... Mm. Nia was not winning this match. But I thought they did a really good job of making you think that, not that Nia could win, but Ronda could lose. That's a very good point. Yeah, yeah that's a really good way of phrasing it. Uh, Ronda hits this second rope powerbomb, oh, yep. which was really good. Tamina kind of gets involved when she... Yep, she was there. She she, distract, she distracts someone. She, she distra- on the Yeah, she distracted Ronda for a little bit, but it didn't really work out for, for either mm. of them, really. And then I love this, when she goes to get the armbar on, on Nia. It's about my, probably my only thing I don't like about Ronda Rousey matches, is when she goes to get the armbar and she poses for ages with it. And Shall you, I? And yeah. you, you're looking at the yeah. person and you're like... Just do anything. Like <laughs> you've got so many options to get out of this. Don't just stand there and go, no. Like do something about it. Um, yeah. And she lock, but when she goes locking the armbar, she kisses the hashtag facebreaker first, and then she locks it in while staring at Tamina. Oh, yeah. She looked like an absolute killer. Looked like an absolute badass. I thought it was really, really good. Yeah. And after that, it was a great match. Great. Match. Like uh, and up until that point, when I saw that, I thought, well, geez, I think I've just seen match of the night. I was wrong. Yeah. I was wrong. They, twice it was exceeded, I would say. Absolutely. Uh, and afterwards, Nia's walking backstage. And you think, like, after all that heel stuff that she's done, both kayfabe and real life with the Becky concussion, Becky appears in the backstage area. Remember when you broke my fist? Where's she from again? She's from... Sorry, podcast listeners. Becky Liston just walked into the room there yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, recite one of her lines. Uh, she's She's from Ireland. <laughs> Have you ever watched Father Ted? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just mimic what they do, man. Uh, and remember, yeah, the, the show with Lemmy, right? <laughs> yeah. And Becky says, remember when you broke my face? And just punches her and oh. lays her out. So Nia Jax beaten, like, double baby face wins here. Uh, really good. It's interesting how you can have two baby faces beaten up one heel and still have those baby faces in a really intense feud yeah. too. I really was, smartly done. I thought this was all really, really good stuff. And we, the great stuff continued with AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship. Here's a shocker. When you give these two guys half an hour, they can pull out a really, really great match. This was cracking. It was cracking. It's, I would say, probably the best WWE Championship match all year. I'd have to go back and really look, but I yeah probably probably maybe they might want to because I was like get all the Shinsuke My mind ones. always stops at Mania. Yeah, like Mania was the start of the year, so I'm yeah, trying, trying to, to think, think what was that with the Rumble, the Fast Lane like twelve way or whatever it was. That oh, was yeah, quite Cena. fun. Yeah, yeah, that was, was quite good. fun. I can't remember what the Royal Rumble match was, but the it must um, have been memorable. Then you got all of the Shinsuke stuff, which I would argue only really the only decent one of that would be Money in the Bank. I suppose the SummerSlam match with Joe was really good. It got good. Like, this was good all the way yes. through. That's there wasn't, what I, yeah, there wasn't that... any bit where I was like... And, and just when I thought, oh, this is usually where it would end, they they levelled up and actually went another 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, so, they, went, yeah. they went into expert mode, you might say. Yeah. Uh, but AJ cut a promo before coming out, and then Brian's just doing this great stalling, just gets out the ring a few there was times. There was a line from Corey that 
I love this as a detail, but I really wish it was something they'd saved for TV. But apparently, according to Corey Graves, Daniel Bryan has replaced the leather on the WWE Championship with something that is vegan friendly mm. and more like more environmentally friendly. And I just thought to myself, that's a TV angle right there to draw real heat. I've just been like, yeah, the, the the leather on this belt has always been a staple of this belt for 50 plus years, for 100 years, whatever yeah. fake history you want to make up about that belt. But I am smart enough to know that it's wrong. And like and replace it. and like that seems like a really good way to draw heel heat. Oh yeah, just imagine that segment where he's like, this championship was held by this person, yeah. this person, this person, and then he rips off the the gold parts. Like that visual of ripping it to shreds and then getting it made yeah. into something else. Uh, but that that's not to say that this wasn't a, absolutely a cracking yeah. match. Oh yeah, that's a minor detail. Uh, they yeah they I mean it was just a very very solid bout. Um, that the AJ works over starts to like target Brian's leg after Brian took the first sequence really of the match mm-hmm. AJ starts to target Brian's leg which Brian had done to AJ a couple of weeks prior with all the chop blocks uh, you know gets in the calf crusher yeah uh, Brian is really good at just getting out of submissions yeah. even as a heel I was going to say even as a heel I thought he was still really really good at like scrabbling to get to the ropes and, and things like that. I thought he was really really good in this he even got in the uh, the label lock back mm-hmm. to being called the label lock not yep. the yes lock anymore because the yes movement is dead I just thought there was some really really great stuff in there springboard 450 uh, a really nice sequence where they um, like they, they sort of do loads of kicks and, and uh, oh, Brian does a high kick and AJ answers with a Pele kick Really, really good stuff. And that then, was off a load of near falls. Yes. Yeah, that was really good. And then the key to this, I, which I thought was brilliant, is they played off the finish of the match that led into Survivor Series, which was AJ went for the phenomenal forearm, idiot referee standing right in the middle of the ring next to the Brian going like, you're all right, mate. <laughs> you okay over here? And then Brian pulls him into the way. AJ nearly hits the referee again, but this time is ready for Brian to hit the running knee or go for a low blow. Dodges that, goes for a small package, and Brian just reverses that for a small package of his own. It's a clean victory, but far from decisive. Yes. Great yeah, stuff. Totally. Um, I, I thought it... It's it's weird how we can't talk more about it. It was just like... A, it was a really, really solid match. Like, easy four and a half star. Yeah, maybe you want to subscribe to Ramble Club on our Patreon oh, maybe, podcast. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Um, I, yeah, and it's nice that the run the Ronda match, this match, and the women's main event TLC match, they were all so, so good, but all in different ways. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Um, when this co- when this company wants to put on a good show, they can put on a good show. Yeah, I got the sense. I mean, if the superstar shakeup doesn't happen, which it totally couldn't, I felt like AJ's going to Raw after this. Yeah, I could see that because what else is there for him to do? Really, I don't want to see him feuding with Randy Orton. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we get the bit with Ronda talking to Natty backstage, and Ronda's like, "Oh, payback's a bitch for the the main event bit." And then we got the co-main, well, not the co-main event, but the penultimate match of the evening. We've already talked about the main event. Was Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins? Yeah, this uh, this blood feud that's been built around Roman the Rain, uh, Roman Reigns' real life battles with leukemia and Dean turning heel on on Seth on on this night of all nights. And these two had a boring match. It's insane. It was so. Boring. It just didn't click. Yeah, it really. Uh, and the crowd were chanting, "This is boring." Yeah, it was a really weirdly structured match. It never felt like these two. Do you remember when Seth turned heel on on the Shield? And it, I, I think, if my memory serves me right, this was leading into Money in the Bank, and De- Seth and Dean were in Money in the Bank together, mm. and 
Seth is there and he's in the ring. He's all cocky because he's Seth Rollins with his new entrance. Dean's music hits and he barely, like, he doesn't look at anyone else. He just goes eyes fixated on Seth and he just storms down to the ring. You don't even get to hear his brand new entrance music. He just storms down to the ring and just starts wailing on Seth because that is what he has been wanting to do since Seth turned his back on them. Like, none of that was here. Yeah. These two just, what, they just posed. They looked at each other. They sort of spoke a little bit. Is this the fight that you wanted? And then headlocks and, and lockups and just bizarre yeah and you think of all the stuff that's happened I th- it, you, you almost forget that the tag team titles were <laughs> a, a part of this feud at the start yeah, and, yeah. The, and the Roman stuff the IC title was on the line like there's so much material here yep um, but yeah I don't know whether it's because they just took a bad route with the feud and the storytelling leading into it but also this yeah so the, the first two thirds of the match were Dean working over Seth not in a fun, uh, exciting heat garnering way, but the kind of heat that WWE like where you just bore the crowd. Yeah. Oh, I've got you in a headlock. Oh, chin lock for ages. And it was weird as well because you, some of the spots in this I thought were quite nice. Like they played off Seth Rollins's knee injury, mm-hmm. doing the exact same spot where he blew out his knee and uh, you know cost him the WWE Championship, and they were putting that over on commentary. But the crowd just weren't clicking with it whatsoever. I think I think Dave Meltzer wrote this in, in his review, and I, I do agree with it uh, to a degree. It really felt like at this point of the show, because this show has been going on for so long, the, the people have been in this building for so, so long, they just wanted to see Becky Lynch mm. at this point. And this was essentially just a match that was prolonging them seeing Becky Lynch. On top of that, it was a very, very boring affair. Yeah, so the, the live crowd had that to contend with. But us as viewers at home had all that plus Renee Young's commentary, which was abysmal. <laughs> and because like a lot of it was quite a boring match anyway, with rest holds, the commentators had to fill all that time with asking Renee oh, what the hell's going on at home. Oh. And Renee's just saying, like, you know, I don't know how you answer those questions unless you turn heel during this match and say, well, I think everything he's doing is right. She's like, got these absolutely asinine responses of, you've got to give a man some space. Like, what the? <laughs> he's like... Is he okay? He looks like no, no. he's preparing for a post-apocalyptic world. At one point, she just went, he's a different person at home. <laughs> because because he's a character here, you see. This isn't real. My oh. favourite point of, of terrible Renee Young commentary is Seth Rollins does the buckle bomb on the outside into a barricade. And, and it might have been that or something else. And that was Renee goes, I think that's what turned Seth across like that that was the that was the point that he went over the edge I was like oh, that's the point he went over the edge what about all the other stuff Renee and then and that was when she said he went into expert mode yes oh come on expert mode and Seth as well like I bloody love you Seth Rollins I think you're tremendous you've been my MVP of Raw all mm. year long like you've just been an absolute uh, workhorse day in and day out for this company but if you're selling your knee, stop running around and doing dives and, and doing buckle bombs. He went to do the buckle bomb and Renee was like, oh, he can do it because like the weight's in front of him. It's like he's still holding him up. Like, yeah, the, the dives everything. It, yeah, he, it, he sells the knee for ages. And then after a while, I was just like, no, I'm going to stop doing that. I'm just going to start running. And then once I've done the move, I'm going to go, ah, yeah, or oh, actually. Yeah, well, and you can say all the adrenaline, but I just... I, I don't buy it. No. I don't buy that adrenaline's doing that much every match. Because it is quite, you know, he does this all the time. Yeah. And I like how Seth has the same match all the time and has little wrinkles to it. Yeah. But yeah, the knee selling's an issue. But back to Renee. <laughs> um, 
So not only is she having these, like, this really crappy character thing of, yeah, I'm married in real life to this guy who's just turned into a... I'm kind of defending him even though I'm a baby face and yep. I can't fall on any side to make this interesting. She also just says says words. Yep. Just like just words that are just there to stop there being silence. There was one point, <laughs> there was one point where she just said tactics. <laughs> <laughs> and then like it's just with such there's no enthusiasm there. It's so monotone. And again, that's because you've got someone in your headset going like, say tactics, talk about tactics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got a thing in the flight, tactics. Yeah, we've, again, we've got to put the asterisk here of all of this is aimed at Renee's presentation. Yes. Not at Renee Absolutely as a person not. or like her actual skills if she was untethered. But uh, This is why Mick Foley left WWE because they said, you either be a commentator or you leave. But if you're a commentator, you've got to have Vince McMahon in your ear telling you what to say. And he was like, I'd rather leave. Mm. I'd rather go home. And, and there's another point where Dean has the cloverleaf in on Seth. And it you know, looked pr- quite brutal, that Seth's repaired knee. And she just goes, pure assault. <laughs> I just, those two bits got to me. And there was another bit where Michael Cole was like, you're just not speaking now. <laughs> and, just, and she kept on trying to get in like, ah. And Michael Cole kept on being like, no, I'm going to call this actually important sequence. But, uh, but, uh, oh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was very frustrating. It was already unfortunate as well, especially with that cloverleaf, because like they lock in this cloverleaf and the commentators are just like, oh, Seth could tap it. You could hear a pin drop in the crowd. Absolutely Mm. no one was buying into any of these finishes. But for as boring as this match was and the bad commentary, they did have an excellent spot for the end, which is where... Uh, Seth's had a bit of a comeback. Dean isn't begging off, but he is a bit beaten up now. And Dean just puts out the fist. He's like, hey, buddy. And Seth, snap. I mean, you know, really he should have snapped long ago. But he snaps here, and I thought that was a really nice character bit. And he even does the barricade bomb, which I thought we agreed was no longer okay hey, after man. that hurt Finn's shoulder. Hey, man, go off the script. Yeah, it's, it's a blood feud, man. You got to do these sorts of things for blood feuds. And then they get in. He goes for the curb stomp, but Dean hits dirty deeds, which you know really hit me how just weaker finisher that is. Yeah, there was also a, a point when Dean was doing. He was trying to mock Seth's burn it down doing the stomps to no heat mm. whatsoever. Even when Seth was doing the stomps, no one was joining in. Was just, the crowd just completely died during this, and I was surprised. And that's twice now during this year. Where Seth has been in a prominent position on the card and the crowd have died for his match, like where the Dolph Ziggler match for the Extreme Rules earlier this year. But I felt like that was a victim of circumstance because, again, being there for such a long time and you were just like, do you know what's more fun? Counting. Yeah, I, did, I, yeah, I agree. I think this wasn't the match for, for this bit. No. They, they botched the story going in yep. with getting away from the, the real raw emotion. All about of vaccinations and whatnot. Yeah, and people were just bored by then and wanted to see the main event. But that it's a shame to finish on what was by far the worst part yeah. of the show because the rest of it was great, good to very, very good. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. I gave it a solid, great purview, four out of five. I thought it was really, really good. Yeah, I, it's probably top five WWE shows of the year. Uh, easily uh, I would have thought because I, I said in the review that it's been hit and miss all year long Rumble was very good yep Mania was overall like, I enjoyed I was going to say I think you liked you liked Mania more than pretty much everyone else in the <laughs> entire world uh, SummerSlam was Putting in the Bank was long. good wasn't it 
Right, let's not do this now. No. Let's I'm, make I'm a list video. <laughs> but that's all we've got time for. Yeah, I would give it a, a great review as well. So four out of five. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.